Hello and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. I'm Helen Keskin-Lewis, screenwriter and producer. And I'm Alison Herman, a TV critic for Variety. Hell yeah. Welcome back, Alison. So, so happy to have you. And for those listening, this is Succession Send-Off, our special series following along Succession's fourth and final season. And this episode, we're going to be talking about episode five, Kill List. So if you're just tuning in and you didn't listen to last week's episode, Jenny is off gallivanting on holiday. So we have the very, very distinct pleasure of having Alison on with us. So to summarize this episode, it starts off with Kendall going into the office as co-CEO, listening to a very loud rap, this time not in his headphones, it's in the speakers. Man's found the bass in his chest <laughs> and he conflabs with everyone at the office about their upcoming trip to Norway for the Gojo retreat. On the way there, the Waystar staff feel insecure about their Swedish counterparts and the siblings feel seemingly very anxious. Once they arrive, negotiations with Madsen begin and he essentially presents them with buying out the entire company, ATN and all. And then, you know, the negotiations like really start getting interesting. So, Alison, what were your thoughts about this episode? Just right off the bat, like, did you like it? Is it a strong one? Does it feel like a filler? Like, what's going on with this episode, do you reckon? You know, what a week to be a girl boss. That's my first takeaway. <laughs> like, everyone who came out on top, it's like Shiv, Jerry, Carolina. Yes. Really amazing episode to be yeah. um someone who has sold your soul to the patriarchy. I mean, the girls were handling their fucking shit, dude. I uh, want to give a shout out to the the lads for putting on their compression socks. Uh, good for them. Compression socks forever. How do, when they were on the plane, who were you the, the most worried about? Like who seemed the most fucked? I mean, Tom is obviously mm. in just the weirdest position going in, which everyone has yeah. told him very bluntly. But um, on the other hand, like by the end of the episode, his strategy of just like running up to whoever has any power and being like, I'll help you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if your yeah. di- interests are diametrically opposed to the other person I offered to help. But kind of in terms of your initial question, I think this episode is really interesting in that it's kind of the last one that I feel like I could predict what the structure of it would be. Cause like after. Mm. Logan dies, it's like, okay, well, the next episode is going to be some sort of funeral or wake. That makes sense. In that episode, they directly talk about, you know, this Gojo thing is happening. We need to close the deal. That's this episode. And the end of this episode, which is crazy because there's like fully half the season left, feels very open-ended. Like, I guess there could be more drama about technically getting this offer through the board and the fallout from everything that's happening with Matson, but... It is very interesting, like, following on Logan's death, like, doing something that definitive so early in the season. Yeah. yeah. And also doing something as seemingly definitive as, like, okay, they're selling the entire company out from under them. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're really undoing all the status quo to the point where I'm just, like, I don't know what's going to happen next, which is a great yeah, feeling yeah, to have. Yeah, same. Yeah. And it's interesting, when when Madsen first presented that, offer of just like i'll just buy you all out for some reason i felt like huge relief for them all i don't know it just kind of felt like they could start afresh but then you saw all the inner workings with all three of them i think 
Roman obviously immediately against it just because he's still living with the memory of his father so deeply embedded he still wants to be like the favorite son he was truly haunted in this episode in in a way that he wasn't in the previous one like i think it's like finally catching up to him and then like you know in kendall i really saw you know his nihilism jump out like you saw like and that was like a really great performance between alex garsgard and um and jeremy um but yeah that that was fascinating just to see how they emotionally seems to react to that. Well, one of the genius things about Succession, I think, is that it it kind of gets you to root for or at least engage or understand with characters acting like totally against their own self-interest. Like one of the really interesting things about last season finale, I thought, is there's this incredibly emotional and very moving reconciliation between the three siblings. And there's kind of that shallow, like, oh, it's so great to see them all team up. And even the deeper, like, it's really great to see them finally find common cause. But the way they channel that is in trying to get control of the company away from their father and like trying to stop this deal that would definitively like, even before Logan passes away, make them rich, give them independent means, definitively sever their relationship from their father. You know, and like, that's the case Logan is making is like, in the the final conversation is this could be a fresh start. And Frank says to Kendall, when he's trying to jockey for the CEO position, like, you actually have stuff going on. And this company has been done like irreparable damage to your psyche. Like, do you really want to go back in? Right. And I think this episode is the same thing where you objectively are like both for everyone's financial self-interest and emotionally, it actually seems like the best thing to sell the company, but you understand what Roman means when he's like, I don't know if we've won or lost. And you understand Kendall's impulse to want to prove himself and assert control. And it gets you to kind of root for something that is, objectively not the best for either like the planet or these people yeah it's just there it's it's like trying to pick the least bad decision and they're all bad decisions um yeah it's fascinating because i think the way we left off with kendall at the end of episode of the last episode was i genuinely felt like oh he needed his dad to die to find this kind of confidence within himself and then in this episode I don't know why, but I just lost so much faith faith for the boys. And I think obviously that's by design. They both seemed so split and not honest with one another. I was surprised, though, that they did still pull Shiv in for every single thing like they said they would, and they stayed true to their word. Um, and I think Shiv understood their split very quickly, which was very smart for her. I, I, I think this like overall was a very, very good episode for Shiv, like you mentioned, it is definitely like a girl boss thing. Like there's a lot of value in just stepping back and observing. And I think Shiv did plenty of that and it totally worked in her favor. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Tom and how she is with him now. You know, like there, there was like that moment that they have at the tail end of the episode where they have a, like a bit of a playground bully moment where they're just making fun of each other, essentially. What do you make of it? Like, what do you make of that little exchange? Well, first of all, I am fascinated by how they are playing the pregnancy where they just throw it out and they are letting it kind of tick like a time bomb and not really do anything with it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I would have been equally engaged in whatever, like, erotic power 
push pull is going on between yeah, her and Tom, yeah. even if I didn't know that like she's pregnant. Like yeah, <laughs> in the end of the episode yeah. when she's like, Do you want to get dinner? And at first you're like, Oh, cute, like date. And then you're like, <laughs> Oh, what? Like she's she's definitely trying to propose like sexually proposition him, but like yes. isn't even thinking about disclosing this like huge deal. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it is clearly laying the groundwork for a Shiv Tom reconciliation where yeah. they are at least being open about how wretched their relationship is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, there's like a return to the dynamic, isn't there? Where she is once again the dominant here. Um, she gave him ample time to be punished, I think. And now that she's also like feeling herself with how things played out with Madsen and her, yeah, she feels good enough to be like, oh, you can come back so that I can kick you over and over again, you know? Yes, but I, the way I read it was almost like it felt the most equal they've ever been, especially because mm. the way they set it up at the end of the episode, I guess he's going to be yeah. coming over, but they're both going to be working for Matson, I guess, is the implication. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it felt like like she's being mean to him and he's being mean to her, which I think is sort of the new element of yeah, that dynamic. That yeah. And it's yeah. not him being mean to her as a like, get away from me, this is over. It's like, okay, we're now retooling our relationship. So instead of me being your punching bag, we're just both going to be kind of nasty and get off on it, which is yeah, pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> it is hot. And, I, and it's also like very similar to that dynamic that she had. Do you remember that guy that she was fucking in like first season, the Nate. political? Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I'm excited to see what, what goes on with them. And I'm excited to see if she ever fucking tells him. And I guess she has to. She's, she's keeping it. Yeah. Although um, speaking of honesty and Shiv, I think you know, what you said earlier about the boys do pull her into certain meetings, but they are, you know, they try to take the deal without her. They're talking mm, to the press true, without true. her. Yeah. Kendall, well, Kendall's talking to the press without telling anyone. They talk yeah. to the press to try to take the deal and don't tell her. Yeah. Like, they're, it, the sibling relationship is clearly fractured in the sense that they're yeah. not united yeah. against a common front anymore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think she, recognized that immediately when it was like, okay, we're going to promise to keep you around and is now fully operating as her own player. Yeah. yeah. And successfully so far, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's, it's a touch and go with all three of these kids. Um, question for you. Are European soft? I mean, what is I, your read on this? <laughs> I do think there is real merit to the idea that having universal health insurance fundamentally spoils you on a certain level. It um, does. It totally does. I will yeah, also right. share some of my relevant experience here, which is that but let's, let's talk retreats. Let's talk <laughs> retreat. Let's get into it. Come on. So I was recently an employee of the Spotify Corporation, uh, which yes. acquired my former employer in 2020. And we were, <laughs> you know, the benefits were just there was six months of parental leave they gave us a debit card that was preloaded with several hundred dollars on it every month that we could spend on any kind of food anywhere because we weren't going into the office even though those of us who worked at acquired companies had never been into the office it was just absurd and even that definitely spoiled me but also something i witnessed was um there were layoffs at a certain point and there were European employees who were like, Oh my God, 
they can do that? A company that is Swedish would do that? And they were just, it was just, oh my God, my sweet summer children. You are all so naive because you are so shielded. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how true that is on the like C-suite level, but (laughs) uh, you know, us lowly ICs, I think, um, well, the biggest difference that I've heard on a professional level, obviously universal healthcare aside, has been that Europeans don't work hard enough. Like it's always, um, like we clock in at nine and we clock out at five and it's a hard out and no one answers emails past that and no one works on the weekend. And there's like a real like protection of, of just your free time. And that just drives Americans insane when they're trying to get something done. You know, like in, in the post-production world, for example, like everyone's like, Oh God, every time we're in Europe, like we never get anything done, especially in the TV world. Cause there's, it's so like deadline orientated. And that's just, uh, I think I heard Jerry in that. Um, she did, she did make points. I think the way, the way it is from the American viewpoint, but, um, I have heard stories of the opposite where I have fr- American friends who've moved to Europe and they were like, someone literally had to sit me down and tell me not to eat lunch at my desk and be like, you're setting a bad precedent. Don't do that. Wow. <laughs> and as an American, I'm like, but you're still eating lunch. Like <laughs> that's, wow. a, that's a break. Well, I mean, it's something I say to my American husband who wants us to move to Europe all the time, where he's just like, it just seems so chill out there. And I'm like, it is until you realize you've never had a pay raise and you are paid so, so little. <laughs> so it's, it's all apples and oranges, to be honest, but it's all shit in this capitalist world. So whatever. Yeah, I don't think like new Gojo is going to give everyone a waystar like six no. months of maternity leave you know no 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 that, that it's cheap it's a cheap company in terms of <laughs> in terms of something that i noticed like madsen's plan for atn seems very similar to logan's strategy in a way right isn't that interesting well i like, was go, thinking like being lighter and and faster or whatever i think he said something about lighter well it sounded to me like it almost sounded like the kids plan for pgn like when they were right yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause I, I do actually think Kendall was sort of right when he's like, he doesn't understand what he's buying. And I still don't frankly understand what someone like what Matson wants. wants. Cause this is modeled after yeah. just to offer some real world context. This is modeled yeah. after the deal where Disney bought Fox's entertainment assets. Right. Um, so like the studio, much like they're, you know, playing the three hour movie, um, part of Hulu, all that jazz. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Part of that deal was Disney being like, we're Disney. We don't want like a toxic, disgusting news network, like saddled onto our bottom line. And obviously, I guess Gojo is slightly different, but it's still like a liberal European company. I I don't really understand, except for, you know, as Kendall was saying, ATN's an emotive issue and he's being a dick. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand what the underlying motivation is because he basically seemed to be like, I want to buy ATN and like strip it of its signature political whinging aimed at cranky old people who still have cable. But yeah, it did strike me as like, I don't think we're supposed to think of Matson as like some super business genius who is like Logan's equal in every way. It's just like everyone's just yeah, kind of no. groping blindly around in the dark. The, the, I think the thing that he does have that the siblings don't yet or maybe are on the precipice of having is just raw confidence in 
his ability of decision making, which is the similarity between him and Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in that first negotiation deal when they're sat down with, like, when it's when it's um, Kendall and Roman and they're sat down with him. First of all, sh- huge shout out to Alexander Skarsgård, really bringing home everything that his father gave him, which is just that chilling, really uncomfortable, like, why the fuck are you joking in front of me energy? Um, but that was like, you know, when you saw how the two brothers were in front of him, it was like, oh, they don't have it. Like, whatever Madsen has, they don't have it. Not right now, you know? Even Kendall, when he was, like, silently considering, there was, like, a real, real understanding of... And this is something that I've asked since last episode, is, like, do we feel Logan when he isn't there? And I felt him through Madsen, which was interesting. Like, I I really understood... The discrepancy between like what it means to be assured as a businessman and as someone that can just make decisions for yourself. Um, the only time I felt honestly was between Shiv and Matson, obviously. And I think that was pointed and, and there's a reason for it. And explicit. I mean, Matson's like, you remind me of your dad. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, yeah. that was sort of the genius of when Logan resolved to sell the company last yeah. season was sort of like, he understood like the circumstances in which his children were raised and grew up necessarily mm-hmm. meant like none of them was ever going to behave like a self-made yeah. billionaire. And yeah. Matson is someone Logan like recognized as a peer and was okay selling to because he was like, spiritually, mm-hmm. this guy is, yeah. you know, my more my kindred than my actual flesh and blood kids. Yeah. And therefore yeah. I can trust this company to him. And so, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Even though he's you like know, str- strategically minded more than emotionally minded, which these kids obviously are. <laughs> what did you think of, um, what did you think of Madsen's, uh, blood? Yeah. I was about to be like, when you were like strategically minded instead of emotionally minded, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how strategic no, I, the blood was. No, no, no. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the case with like every fucking like CEO, powerful man. They convince themselves or they're told by people around them that they are super, super intelligent. And then what's actually happening is that they're absolute morons beneath that. Well, I'll give him credit. I feel like this is, and really this is giving the succession writers credit. That is certainly the most creative form of sexual harassment I've ever heard of. Incredible. Incredible. Just like... Honestly, like, I don't know what her name is, but like, she's got it. She's that bad bitch. She's got this man sending liters of his blood to her. I don't know what you did, hon, but you've got it. Like, also, you're amazing. <laughs> like, not one-to-one analogous, but frankly, it's, like, so weird and freaky and not, like, immediately yeah. identifiable as sexual that I was like, yeah. you know, if that became public, I feel like the U.S. media just wouldn't know what to do with it. It'd be like Peter Thiel having a blood boy. It's like, okay, yeah. whatever. All those guys are freaks. <laughs> we can't figure yeah. this out. Yeah. Um, but also, like, his... The way he describes Eva as like, she's like a whiff of estrogen that we keep around as like an air yeah. freshener. And then immediately yeah. the fact that he like tells this to Shiv while he's negotiating with her is like Isn't that. That, wi- that was, that was wild to me. That's objectively like a stupid, not rational decision yeah. that Shiv then played so to her dumb. benefit. Also very interesting that Shiv chose that moment to throw a lifeline to, Sh- to Jerry. Um, very like, I'm going to form a girl boss alliance here but yeah like i think yeah he because he is so confident and self-assured he also just 
does things without second guessing himself that are maybe yeah, yeah. ill advised. Well, I'm sure not to not to stick up for him, but I'm sure there's a part of him that was like, oh, she was sincerely very honest about how it went with her husband so i'm gonna be very very honest with her back and see how she handles it and like now we're gonna have you know it's like it's like a blood exchange in its own way it's like an informational exchange like an emotional exchange um yeah that was that was insane like, it's I, also I like i can't believe it i can't decide if it's sort of so one of the things that i think is really fascinating about mm-hmm. succession is as much as it is like a superior television show in a lot of ways. It's being very TV-like in its final season and doing all these callbacks. So, like, this episode alone, we have Kendall blasting hip-hop in the back of a car. We have Roman and Matson having a heart-to-heart while Matson is peeing. Um, And then finally, we have... It almost feels like the Matson blood thing is like a miniature speedrun version of the cruises, where it's like this Mm -hmm. ticking time bomb... Because that was the thing that made me finally, when he's like, I need to get this deal done fast. It's like, I need this to happen before this publicity goes out. But, you know, we know from experience things do get out and things always happen because of them. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Roman. Because I just found his unraveling so beautiful here. And I guess it was about time. You know, he'd kept it together pretty long until he obviously couldn't what do you think was going through his head so something that has fascinated me about this final season is it almost feels like kendall has kind of run the course of his emotional arc like he experienced this like complete catharsis and you know climax of his great battle with logan already at the end of last season and you almost saw that in the way that they were responding to his death, where he had come mm-hmm. to this like weird moment of closure where he's like, I love you. I can't forgive you. It's okay. Which is kind of yeah. the, the yeah. reaction you would get if you've already processed your emotions. And that's yes. kind of taken some of the heat off of him as a character and put it onto mm-hmm. both Shiv, who's had a huge episode and then obviously Roman. And I thought it was very interesting that like Roman is the one who blows up. Jeremy just kind of stands mutely there and goes along with it and is just being deferential to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's so much projection going on in that. I mean, the fact that he's like, you killed him because you were dragging out this deal when like the the entire reason he was on the plane was because the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So clearly there's a lot of projection and a lot of like, I don't have a safe outlet for my grief and my anger right now, except for you. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to take it to you. I'm just going to let it loose. And, you know, Roman, it's been alluded to, I think had in many ways, like the most toxic relationship with Logan, like the most physically abusive, the most like sick, devotion you know was about to come back and do atn yeah yeah um and despite being like i've pre-grieved i think there's a lot and you know frankly like he's right like he's like you're being a fucking asshole demanding that we fly out to a different continent like two days after our dad died you clearly didn't have to do this and like that's his that's his like just standard roman sensitivity basically just 
because he's always been the one that I guess emotionally for a while now has been the most like quote unquote normal out of the kids like knows how to express it or is trying to be honest about it for himself yeah or him being kind of carry last episode like in a weird way he's he's the most outwardly awful and weirdly the most kind of in tune with normal human emotions yeah exactly yeah it's just funny because like i think for so long a lot of people me myself included thought the thing that had been told to us or implied to us which is that he is the most like his father when it comes to his business sense he has like the it whatever that might be and i just like there was a moment in this episode when the two of them when him and kendall were talking about tanking the deal that i didn't understand what they were doing like i was because they kept like going back and forth and like talking in platitudes like they always do and like it didn't make any sense to me like neither one of them made sense to me i I really couldn't understand where it was gonna go and i think that's the thing that i'm nervous about is you know i still don't know if we really do have a handle on kendall i think there's definitely more to the story i don't i didn't totally mean like it's all done with his arc but i think part of it is also like they don't really know what they want like mattson says he's like i was negotiating with logan he knew what he wanted and i think they're kind of oscillating between you know roman being like dad wanted this deal like the most Mm -hmm. obvious and direct way to honor him would be to just sell the company but also at the same time like this company was dad's love child and yeah, so yeah, yeah. we maybe the way we honor him and kind of like flatter ourselves as being his worthy successors is giving ourselves the chance to run the company and like yeah. i also think it's fascinating the way the like real life facts of how a publicly traded company runs kind of intrude where you're like oh yeah they can't just back out of the deal because yeah you know they have obligation they have fiduciary obligations to a board and if a if an offer is big enough they have to consider it and that's literally Again, coming full circle, that was the underlying logic of the bear hug is like, you have to consider certain kinds of offers. So yeah, yeah, I think it's sort of fascinating. Like they don't really understand what they want because they're horribly emotionally scarred and clearly not in touch with their feelings. And honestly, like fair enough, man. It's been like, what, three days since their dad died. Like a lot has, a lot has been going on. A lot has been happening. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious to see where Shiv lands on this just because it really feels like it feels like how I felt in the last episode uh, with Kendall where it like she seems like she gets the full picture and knows how to act but they, you know they're all one bad thing away from completely f- fucking it up so who's to say um, well and also Shiv being like sell ATN and getting that ju- getting that wish but also seemingly by ingratiating herself to Matson, she might have a role in this new company yeah with yeah. ATN well, we, yeah I thought it was fascinating that she straight up like took that picture when he said take send me that picture of your brothers like that's fascinating man just the the immediate sellout you know the immediate like fuck these guys these guys are not on my side these guys are not gonna do anything for me or do shit for me like in in relation to her brothers yeah something i saw raised by a colleague actually was she doesn't know what happened on the mountaintop so like in her mind i think she thinks i closed this deal myself yeah and again like this is so fascinating the way it works is like technically like what they did was they just like successfully 
played to get a higher price and make themselves richer and divest themselves of the company. And that's great. And everyone's so happy. And it's like only in these, in this very specific psychological framework that they've twisted themselves into is this a loss, but it is a loss for them. It is. It is definitely. All right. So now it's time for our recurring bits. Um, so we have our daddy's best boy of the episode, which is Allison, uh, the person that we liked the most in this episode, the one that conducted themselves at the highest strength of their abilities. So who is that for you? You know, the obvious answer is Shiv, but I'm actually going to go with Jerry. Jerry was literally going to be fired two episodes ago, and now yes. she is one of two to three survivors of the kill list yes and she talked a big game and she actually executed and go jerry also we met her husband finally and he's hot in the in the logan death episode when roman goes up to talk to her she's talking to a hot taller guy so i mean it's not this episode but just i'm factoring that in because i was not around for that no wonder yeah no wonder she thought roman was just a squirrely little fuck um she's already got a big tanker at home what are you talking about Mm -hmm. good for her yeah no and and just a quick quick uh goodbye um all the golden parachutes unfurling all the golden parachutes let out yeah all the c-suite lads um so that's goodbye to frank to carl goodbye to hugo Goodbye to those two random guys that we just met in this episode, right? The two guys in the sauna. Don't know who they are. Hanging there like Peking Duck. Peking Duck, baby. Oh, speaking of callbacks, uh, the freaking pigs roasting on the open fire pit. Oh my god. The oh. Midsommar vibes of this episode were so intense. And oh like, god. I understand that that movie was riffing on a bunch of real things, but yeah. horrifying. Yeah. But I love this retreat. I would love to go. I would love to be in that tiny fucking room that Kendall's in. Are you kidding me? I'd love to be surrounded by oxygen. Just pure uncut oxygen. Like, I don't need coke. Fucking hell. I'd love to snort that shit up. Um, yeah, no. Um, Jerry is also my daddy's best boy of the week as well. Cause she's just crushing it, man. She's, <laughs> bless her. She does not realize the tons and tons of blood that are going to be <laughs> dumped on her lap, but. Good luck with that. Um, I do also want to give another shout out to Jess. Uh, she's been through this huge, huge roller coaster with Kendall and he's still fucking putting her through it. And I know that everyone keeps talking about spinoffs. Probably not going to happen. But if anyone deserves a spinoff, it's probably Jess. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to our next recurring bit. Um, this is our disgusting boy, our disgusting brother. AKA the person that we least liked this episode, the one that really fucking pissed us off or gave us the ick. Who is that for you? I think Greg has really been eating shit for like several Every episodes. week. Every week. And Isn't it mad? I need him to get his shit together. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, he got here for a reason. He has his weird charms and this quad squad thing is not cutting it. No, he really thinks like a little catchphrase is going to sort it out for him. I don't think it is. I mean, I guess somewhat is like he still did Kendall's dirty work. I think my disgusting boy is probably going to be Roman. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. No, I know it's mean. I just, I expected more from him, man. I just wanted him to have his shit together a little bit more, like right from the jump, just the way he reacted to the ATN 
like being rolled into the deal was so defensive like kid your dad has died i know it's been three days i feel bad but like you need to get it together he's not in the room with you anymore he's not gonna pat you on the back and tell you you did good get a grip man i don't know I just I just wanted him to keep himself together a little bit you more. You know, I think he said what many of us were feeling. Um, yes, the enemy true. of my enemy is my friend, and Matson is a weirdo <laughs> freak. Um, and I, I don't know. I just feel for Roman. I, yeah. I don't think, like, anyone, any one of the siblings is really ever going to be completely sympathetic. Yeah, but I, no, no, you know. No, they, yeah, they're never meant to be. I don't know if he deserves oh, to be the least favorite of the week. <laughs> true. That's fair. I guess in which case you've convinced me. I'd say Madsen. I think just anyone yep. that said sends like their blood to someone, you don't understand the value of that, bro. Like you couldn't just give that to a fucking blood bank. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like a sexual harassment tactic. Yeah. Not great. Even though, you know, Alex looked great, so good for him. I love Alex in a cable knit. It is incredible that he can, like, convincingly play incel, even though he's literally Alexander Skarsgård. He's played a lot of incels. Have you seen Infinity Pool? No, but I'm I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah, so you know about that, and then he had his, like, little... Well, he played himself in the Atlanta episodes, like, mm-hmm. in, the, in that... He he knows how to do like a little bit pathetic and a little bit menacing all at the same time. He mm-hmm. was giving a lot of Northmen in certain moments in this, so I love the menace, personally speaking. But no, he's a special boy. He's a special actor. I think he's got um he's he just has like an edge that obviously his father has, but he really he really did it for this episode. Um It's so unfair when hot people are also talented. I don't know what that looks like. I'm neither hot nor talented. It's fine. It's got to pick so, one. So our last recurring bit is succession watch. So basically who we think, just based off of this episode, who we think is probably going to take over the company. I am going to build on Matson's description of the company as a parts shop. And I think what is going mm-hmm. to happen is that Everything is going to explode. None of the kids are going to get it. Matson yeah. also isn't going to get it because maybe the blood thing goes public. And I think yeah. the entire company literally gets sold for parts and just like crumbles beneath them. Yes. That's, that is my bet for the end game of the show. I will probably be wrong, but I that's would, my... no, I completely agree with you. I would love for this to go out like a wet fart for all of them. <laughs> I think it would be beautiful. If they're all just left with fuck all and nothing but their asses to scratch, which is what they were doing in the beginning, which is what they've done this entire TV show. Um, yeah. So basically no one, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't think like, I think it's been clear for a very long time. No one in the family is actually going to get it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think the question now is not like who is going to inherit the company and more like does any of them achieve emotional closure for um, their lifetime of abuse, which I'm also yeah. betting no, but yeah. Yeah. I think despite the name of the show, I would assume they're going to pivot a little bit away from that or at least mm-hmm. like go for a full Greek tragedy, just like no one gets the ball, everything just yeah. dissipates into a fine mist yeah. and everyone's yeah. left with themselves. Yeah. The real succession is capitalism. Capitalist succeeds. Every time, baby. All right. 
So that's it for us for this episode. Our regular episodes are still on a break. We are off next week as well, but you'll see us the week after. However, me and Alison will be back next week to do episode six. We're so excited to chat to you then. Thank you so much. Bye.